0: As you've seen on this podcast, I'm interested in a lot of topics, not like a little bit of different things that I would dabble in here and there, like a lot of things. The world is incredibly vast and wide open to me, but sometimes i like to bring it back to my roots professionally in the fitness business. Today on Dr. D's social network, we have second-time guest, Dwayne Wimmer. Dwayne is a 30-year veteran of the business, and I just love how he talks very straightforward about what he's seen in the business, uh, where it is now, and where it's going. Uh, I love Dwayne's approach to training, and uh, I think it's very simple, but often one that is not uh, deployed by a lot of people. Uh, it's just great to talk to colleagues, and have those collegial conversations. And you're gonna hear that today uh, with Dwayne's appearance and you're gonna learn a lot. So sit back, relax, take in all the information from one Mr. Dwayne Wimmer. All right, we're back with second time guests now, Dwayne Wimmer. Dwayne, thanks for coming back on, I appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me again, Darian. Hey, I have to tell you that conversation we had on the podcast uh, before was one of my favorites in terms of talking with somebody else in the business. It was very enlightening.
1: Well, uh, you know, it's interesting because uh, you know I I have all these ideas and views, and uh, a lot of times uh, based on the person I'm talking to, I I modify my uh, my my views just. Not to ruffle any feathers, but uh you know with with our conversation, it was very uh very comfortable, and I just felt like I could say exactly what I was thinking and what I was feeling and uh that's really how it should be and uh I actually passed that conversation on to many of my clients
0: that's awesome. Well, I could tell you, which is awesome It's one of the highest rated shows I've ever had, and the hundred sixty five or so that have been out. Wow! Uh, Total, yeah, it was. It's one of the most easily one of the top five most downloaded episodes I've had. Um, so you brought the punch, doing. <laughs> came in with it, you know.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's. I've been in the industry for a long time, and you know, I I've seen a lot of things come and go, and some things stick around too long, and and uh, you know, and I've formulated some some uh, some opinions, and I like to share them.
0: Well, I think one of the the biggest opinions, or which I think is just extra, actually factual, my opinion, I guess, was my opinion. So who knows? But um, was our d- discussion about exercise, physical activity, and movement, mm-hmm. and the operational definitions of that, and I've been spreading that like wildfire uh, to a lot of people, just because I think it's it's so well said. It's it makes a lot of sense and it provides an entry level for what people are actually doing.
1: Um,
0: I think it also
1: it also right sizes their expectations. Yes. You know, um, if you're going to walk your dog every day, you you can't put an expectation on that. That strenuous exercise is going to going to yield. You know, um, that's not going to get get you there.
0: Yeah. It, you're right. It's a huge expectation aspect. And what the funniest thing is, as many times as I've talked to people about that and broken it down, almost nobody has ever heard of it put that way. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Which is mind-blowing. Yeah. Well,
1: I, I think there's a lot of people in our industry, I, I I'd go as far as saying most people in our industry... Um do exercise just because they like activity and they they don't even understand exercise. You know, if you really took a, a survey of most of the people in our industry, I would guarantee you most of them don't have a exercise science background, and they really don't know how the body functions or how it how it responds to to activity, like we said, to activity, um, uh, movement and exercise. So, you know, if they're moving, they think they're exercising, you know, because they like to do something.
0: Yeah. And almost the language too, it's almost thrown around very flippantly. Like, well, I exercise today. I and mean, did you,
1: Actually, you know. no you moved today <laughs> you know I, I had a conversation with someone just yesterday yesterday uh she said yeah i've lost you know a ton of weight by walking i said you lost a ton of weight because you changed your diet exactly and she said but i've been walking every day i said yeah okay that's great because you that's a catalyst possibly to eating differently, but you're probably not spending enough calories in that three mile walk you do every day to really make a huge difference in your total caloric, you know, uh, expenditure. So, you know, I did, did you lose the weight from walking or did you lose it because you ate less, you know? And then, you know, when you, when you break it down like that, they, they, they almost feel like well then why am i walking you know and i'm not and i don't want to negate the fact that you're you're moving and you're staying active but you're putting an expectation on that that 3 mile walk that maybe you know that's not really what's doing it it's the actual change in your diet that made the difference
0: now what is that in in, in your time i mean you've been in the business a long time that a lot of potential clients come and say well i i want to exercise to lose weight where is that coming from in terms of the education for people about that
1: where do you th- where do i think it started <laughs> where do i think uh, who is who is perpetuating that i think our industry started it and our industry is perpetuating it because they're trying to tap into that billion dollar weight loss uh, in industry Um, you don't exercise to lose weight you eat differently to lose weight you know, you, you run, you run your body at a caloric uh, deficit, you know, and then, you know, I hear all the time, well, what about this diet? What about this diet? What about this type of eating or that type of eating? At the end of the day, thermal dynamics is a law. So if you take in less energy than you're expending, it doesn't just come from you know the air it comes off of your body some way somehow now yeah you could do certain things to to make sure that you're losing fat versus muscle and so on and so forth but you know at the end of the day you're gonna you're gonna make up the difference of running on that deficit so you know Our industry says, well, then exercise to create a deficit, which if you really understand how much energy you expend when you exercise, it's not a lot. So it's much easier to eat 250 calories less than to spend a half an hour on a treadmill. And at the end of the day, what happens, I think, with a lot of people is they become you know, as obsessed as they were, maybe of food or, or, or something, they trade that obsession in on exercise. And now we're 10, now we're going down a whole different, you know, different, uh, uh, road where it actually could be, you know, obsessive.
0: Yeah. It's, I, I feel like I'm always combating this with people, especially now is I want to lose weight I want to exercise. And I feel like it's always a huge amount of education I have to provide to clients. I'm like, well, you want to lose weight, but I'm telling you, this is not the best way to do that. And they're like, wait a minute. This is what I contacted you for. I'm like, no, you didn't contact me for this. I'm <laughs> like, it's, you know, and it shocks them. It shocks literally every person unless they have an innate knowledge, which a lot of people don't, or education about it. It's like, no, no, this, we got to talk about your sleep. The, your nutritional habits, the stress that's going on in your life and the exercise. But to think that I'm going that I'm your exercise pathway to weight loss is not the actual right thing to be discussing. You know,
1: No, I, you know, and I think the the hugest underlying um, uh, component of weight loss isn't even food or exercise. It's the the mental capacity to um, make changes in your life and stick with them. I'm the reason you a reason someone is overfat is probably a psychological issue versus a uh, an eating or um, physical uh, you know physical activity issue. I mean those other things stem from the psychological uh, problem that someone's dealing with or whatever at at the time or get stuck in. I mean, I know just from myself. I get into into funks, into times of my life where, you know, I'm just not eating as well. I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't feel like it. I don't feel good about things or whatever. And, you know, um I I step back and look at things and then I make changes, you know, uh everybody does that, but a lot of people don't have the tools in their toolbox tool belt to to make those changes for themselves so when you know i see weight loss programs and you know i see uh uh, personal trainers you know advertising weight loss i'm like they're just stealing money from people
0: pretty much yeah or it's interesting the terminology of some well what do you want to do i want to get toned i'm like do you know what that means? Actually? What does that mean? Like, what yeah. does that mean?
1: We're, you know, and I think I alluded it to this on our last conversation. Uh-huh. The whole we need to have a we need to have a glossary or a dictionary or or a. a, a a a standardization of terms, Mm -hmm. you know, so that we all speak the same language. You know, that's, I think where our our conversation came from with, uh, you know, movement activity and exercise, you know, tone is one thing, you know, what is tone? Well, it's simple. You just lose some body fat and gain a little muscle. Now you look tone and, you know, okay, but how do you do that? Well, now you're going down a whole nother thing, you know, a whole nother path. And, and, uh, But if you don't have, if you're not speaking the same language to start with, you can't have a conversation.
0: Right. What's the translation, you know? Right. So being that you've been in the business a long time, and you alluded to this when we just got on, that you've seen a lot of things come and go and things stay. As you know, like everyone, we're in a very different time. And what has been your assessment of this time related to the
1: fitness business? Huh. Well, it's interesting, you know, um, what was it just, uh, about a month ago, uh, the whole thing with CrossFit, uh, came about where yes. the, uh, uh, the guy who, who started it had to, he sold it because of some, some things he was saying. And, and, uh, I think you're going to see, I don't think CrossFit is going to be as big as it's been it's, for many reasons, but I think that was one of the biggest nails in the coffin for it. I think you're always going, just like every other fad of uh, of of it, the industry, um, you're going to have the diehards who love it and they're going to stick around. But it's, I think you're going to you're going to see a lot of the the those types of gyms go away because people are going to get the people are getting smarter through this. Um, you know, they're not going to do something that's going to end up hurting them. Uh, We're in a situation now where there's a lot of external things affecting our our health, and we want to put things in perspective and, and make sure that when we go set out to do something that it's actually going to be healthy for us. So I think, um, this is an opportunity for us in the fitness industry to actually, the people who understand exercise, not the marketers and, you know, the snake oil salesmen in our industry, but the actual people understand exercise. Um, it's an opportunity for us to, to show people how to, how to do it and be healthy with it. You know, I, I see a lot of clubs and and uh, friends of mine. They're they're like, well, we should advertise that exercise helps your immune system, and that you know, it's they should be doing it now. And and my uh, my first thought is, you realize exercise is a stress to the system, and if you stress a system in an already stressed situation, you have now lowered your immune system and you're not helping yourself combat disease or or the virus if you're starting to exercise and you're already stressed you needed to start you needed to be a, a start a needed to have started this 6 months ago 8 months ago a year ago to where it's now increased your immune system it doesn't just overnight do it it's just like any other stress it's going you're going to be more susceptible up front when you first start it then you know then you are just where you, where you are at at the present time but people just our industry is full of just people stealing money from the population and all they care about is how do i make more money
0: yeah it it's interesting i was just talking to another colleague and they were saying you know, there's this whole thing about gyms opening and things of that nature. They were saying, you know, the business was fairly broken before this. So it's not like it was, it wasn't like gyms were 80% full or 80% attendance rate nationally for gyms and things of that beforehand. And things there's, I think there's been, a, it's been a weird understanding, I think, of where the business actually was and where it's going.
1: Well, if you know, I've been in the industry now over thirty years, and since I started going to conferences and 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 uh, you know, uh, conferences and seminars, the the percentage of the population that actually attend and go to health clubs has been around the fifteen to eighteen yep. percent. It has never changed in thirty years. So our industry just keeps selling to the same type of people over and over again. And we as an industry have to figure out that we're never going to make those inroads into the other 80 plus percent of the population until we start educating people on how to do this. And that, you know, this can be safe. Most, I guarantee you, most of the people that aren't doing it think that they're going to get hurt exercising. And that's the worst thing that we could possibly do is, you know, hurt somebody exercising. You know, that's one of the things I tell, um, all my new clients is the last thing that you should, should ever happen is get hurt. And if you ever feel like something is, is, not feeling right we talk through it we figure out what the situation is and why it's happening and most of the time it's the the approach to the exercise not the exercise itself and because because people have this fear of exercise or uh that it's going to hurt them or they tried it once and they had a bad experience uh, for one reason or other, we've turned off more people as an industry from exercise than we've actually helped.
0: Yeah. It, you know, it's interesting. Do you, do you find that is, I, I mean, I definitely am very in sync with what you're saying and not to try to just talk, oh yeah, I just, I'm into what Dwayne's saying. Cause you know, he's been, I really am into these ideas. I, and it's what I believe also, but do you feel like You are somewhat of a divergent voice in our business about that, or are there a lot of people who feel the same way you do?
1: Oh, I can guarantee you most people, most people I know in our industry don't feel this way. Mm. They're, they're, they're trying to figure out how to get uh, the newest, trendiest thing into their facility to make a few more bucks you know, and I'm like, you know, my equipment, I have, I have equipment here that's, you know, 40, 40 years old, I refurbished it or reconditioned it. But, you know, the idea of the exercise is, you know, to overload the body and that piece of equipment that was built 40 years ago is better than most of the stuff on the market today. And, you know, I'm not looking to get some new whistles and bells just to get people to walk through my door so I can, I can uh, charge some more money. I'm willing, I'm willing to take the time and educate people and give people some knowledge and show them that they're spending money on information and, and results versus a piece of equipment or a program that is going to yield nothing at best or hurt them at worst.
0: So over this time, this 30 year career, mm-hmm. you know and there's lots of changes in things, what are what has been the most significant change and so, so two parts what's been the most significant change that's been positive and the most significant change that's been negative over that time
1: well this this lead takes me back to one of uh, a conversation I had with uh, dr. Cedric Bryant. Um, at one of the first conferences I, I was at, I knew of him because of his his publications, and he was speaking. And I went up and talked to him. And he we have a similar we have a a, a a common background of the type of training that I do. And uh, he learned about this when he was uh, at Penn State. They did it there. They taught it. Their sports teams did it. So he has a really good understanding of the type of training I do. And um, so I I, I had this conversation. This was probably in um, the late 90s, early 2000s. And I said, and this was, I've only been in the industry now maybe a little over 10 years. Um, And, and, uh, you know, I said, the the industry is going in the wrong direction. This is when functional training was big and, um, you know, and things, you know, you know, uh, functional training and then corrective exercise and things like that. We're just starting. And I'm like, you know, that that's all fine and good, but we're, we're, the ship is going in the wrong direction. And I think, you know, my goal, my idea is to bring it back to specific, you know, be specific with what you're doing to, to create a change. And, um, and he said, yeah, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. And that was, you know, like I said, probably the late, 90s and uh here we are you know 2020 and it definitely the ship has definitely steered long away from specific meaningful purposeful exercise to um what i call exertainment uh where you're just you're charging people to spend time doing stuff with you that has little to no purpose or meaning. So that's where I think it's actually gotten worse. Um what's gotten better. Um there are small fractions of people out there like me who think this way. Um but and I think we're we have I don't it would be nice if we could organize and be a, a, a voice, but I think the problem is is is, with that is we are a very much alike but the little bits of differences create a a big problem when you try to organize and um so you know there are people out there talking you know like I am and speaking in this type of language but uh it's they're few and far between
0: so you, when you i want to center on what you said about' ver- alike but the little bit of differences elaborate on those little bit of differences that may be causing not a unification
1: well the the people i'm speaking of do the same type of training that i do which is called high intensity training um it was popularized back in the 70s and and 80s with the nautilus um, brand of equipment where you you work each body each exercise to failure then move to the next next exercise working the whole body in within like 30 minutes. So that is the that's the umbrella that I think most of the people I'm speaking about uh fit under. Now under that you have people who are think that you need to move at 10 seconds concentric, five seconds eccentric or 10 seconds concentric and 10 seconds eccentric. And then you have others who think that, you know, all you need to do is five exercises and you don't need to do any more than that. So, and then they, they, I believe that people in this umbrella have um, brought them uh, have almost painted themselves into a little corner of well I believe only this and and I think if they would say you know well Dwayne does these does more the same than than different than what I do how can I maybe take a little bit of what he's doing and he take a little bit of what I'm doing and maybe we we sort of, bring it together and, and come up with something, you know, a little bit more of a compromise in our thoughts. And not to say you have to change it, but be open to that change if if you can buy into it, where people, I think, have gotten so, so narrow in in what they believe that they're not willing to do that, uh, do anything other than that. For instance, you know, I when I came out of college, I did power cleans deadlifts and squats. You know, that's what we did when I played football. I thought it was great and I started working at a health club that did this type of training. I had to either learn it or get a new job. So, you know, I put myself into it. I I, I dove in. I started reading, I started understanding what we were doing and it just made sense. So, I became a student of it. I opened my mind to it when I started looking at and and uh, hearing about the super slow training where you're moving in 10 seconds and so on. I I was open to that and I started looking at that. I started training that way and I realized, well, okay, now when I'm training clients with the super slow, they're so concentrating on moving, moving slow, they're not working as hard as they once did when they were moving a little faster. So I tried to compromise a little bit there where I'm I don't really care how fast you're moving as long as you're not using momentum to, to overtake the resistance or dropping the resistance. So, you know, does it take three seconds to lift or six seconds to lift? It, I don't care. Don't use momentum. Let's take it to the point where we're putting stimulus on the muscle. And that, that's, the, that's what we're working for. It doesn't matter if it's three seconds or six seconds or 10 seconds. So that's what I'm saying is people get so caught up in their 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 ideolo- ideology that they can't be open to hey we're more the same than we are different.
0: Pretty pretty interesting and honestly that's kind of a micro, microcosm for our society in, in many ways. It is. You know, uh but in fitness I think you you keep it in exercise fitness whole things is um I've always kind of had an issue with that, where it's just kind of this very narrow approach to training. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the modality I use. This is the this is the format I use. Versus, like for me, it's always been generally about motor learning, biomechanics, understanding exercise physiology, physics, and everything mm-hmm. comes from that. And making sure the stimulus is appropriate enough to cause a change. Right. So, just science, you know.
1: When you break it down to that, it's really simple. You know, it is. Is (laughs) is there is there an overload to create a change? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now let's look at how do you want to apply that overload. You know, does does doing power cleans, deadlifts, and squats supply an overload? Of course, it does. If it if you if you work hard enough. Now, is there a cost? And then you also have to look at the cost benefit, you know, yes. personally, I'm probably never going to do a power clean deadlift or squat again because the cost is too great. There's a chance of hurting yourself, a much greater chance in, of hurting yourself doing those exercises than there is in doing other exercises that could yield a very similar return. So now the, now formulate your program based on that, you know, if once you have the underlying understanding of overload and stimulus and how your body responds to that, then you can formulate a, a program. But, you know, I see trainers telling, uh, you know, uh, uh, let's go back to the CrossFit, you know, analogy, people going into CrossFit who've possibly never exercised before. And the coaches had them doing hand cleans. Why? you know, there there's no reason to have that person doing that exercise other than the fact that you don't know any better. Right. You know, um, the, the, the the end result does not justify your means at that point.
0: The cost is an interesting way of looking at that. I think that I intuitively think about it, but I don't think that I have verbally thought about it the way you have mentioned it. But I think it's always been something for me. It's like, you know, what is the cost of doing this exercise? And, you know, there's a lot of foundational work and understanding the response. I just got in a conversation with this person. They were like, well, this is what I do. I'm like, well, I don't know how they're going to respond to the stimulus I provide. And I know through a tremendous amount of research that that stimulus can be, that response to the stimulus can be very different for many different people. So I need to observe what that response is going to be, what are their super compensation levels, and how do I proceed from there? The roadmap is being built as I'm doing it with them. They're different. I think you
1: you alluded to something earlier in that the neurological learning is the Mm -hmm. biggest part of getting this. You have to have that before you get the response, because... You you could do a lot of work, and I tell people this all the time. You can do a lot of work that's not very productive, because you're not being specific with your efforts. You know, you could move a lot of weight and do a lot of repetitions and a lot of a lot of um, sets that really yield no return because you're using momentum, you're using leverage, you're using any muscle you can to overcome the resistance, and at some point. It's just work, you know, and in, in, yeah. you're not, if you're not putting the, uh, if you're not being specific with your efforts, you're probably not getting much of a stimulus on any specific area, you know? Um, yeah, you might be learning how to move more weight, but is that really your goal? You know, unless you're a power lifter, that's not your goal. You know, See, keep I, coming and,
0: back to that goal, right? Get toned, lose weight. You know, what's exactly. the goal?
1: <laughs> Why are you here? Let me do my job, and and that's the problem again. Uh, you know, th- this is a big circle. Why is the client in front of you, or or member in front of you? Do you have the knowledge to actually help them? Most people in our industry, I don't think do. They just put them into a situation that they the only thing they know. And they then say, okay, do this and you'll get some results. Okay, yeah, they will. What results are they going to get? And is it going to get them the results they're looking for? And on the other end, you have to right-size their expectations of results. Some people say, well, I want to be able to do this, this, and this. Well, okay, you're 65 years old, you've never exercised before, and the chances are that it's gonna, if you ever can get there, it's going to take a long time. You know, it, and I'm not saying you put it to them that way, but, you know, you have to know that, that you can't, it, it, to to sell them and say, oh yeah, we'll get you there, we'll get you there, which most people will do just to mm-hmm. take the money from the person, um, you know, that uh, you're not doing anybody a service. You're doing the, the client or the member a disservice because you're misleading them. You're probably at some point, though, just going to turn them off from exercise forever. And you're miss. You're missing the boat, and in, in the idea that you could actually help them and educate them if you actually knew what you were talking about, and help them get healthier, stronger, and live a more productive life, which is probably what really what they're asking you to do. That's anyway. Exactly right.
0: That's exactly right. So, where do you think this this time run? How is this going to affect our industry? You think in in both good. Well, in positive and negative ways, if you could just looking forward, I mean, nobody knows, but just yeah. your estimation, you know.
1: Well, I mean, th- I think you're already seeing the fact that a lot of a lot of businesses across the board aren't going to make it past this pandemic, and I don't think that it's not going to affect the fitness industry. You're going to see a lot of businesses not not be able to make it on the out the other end of this, which. Um, I think could be a good thing because then because a lot of those are exactly what I've been talking about the ones that are just they put up a, a facility and they um, they put up a facility they have a they have um, uh, equipment they have programs and they really don't know what they're doing so on the other end um, more people possibly who are are like you and I will have a a, a bigger um uh, footprint in our industry and be yeah. able to make a difference and i you know like going back to that 15 18% of the population use health clubs or or, or use health club facilities to work out i think there's an opportunity then for um for people like you and I to then step up and and say okay well maybe maybe we can take this situation that of you know this void in our in, in our industry and now make it make a difference with it but you know it will t- it takes time and effort and and you know a lot of the people who are are making the money in our our industry aren't even from the industry, they're from other industries, and look at the opportunities yeah. here, because it's such a such a um, uh, unregulated industry and and uh, n- young industry, and the general population is very ignorant of exercise. It's a it's prime to sell whatever you have to sell for whatever you want to sell it uh, for. It's prime for that, and then you can just. It's like snake oil of the 1850s. You know, you yep. if you can say something with enough conviction, people will, will buy it. And there's nobody telling you you can't sell it. Yeah. So it, the good thing that'll come out of it is there's going to be opportunity for for people who want to make a difference. And the bad thing is a lot of people are going to be out of business and out of jobs.
0: Most definitely. Do you ever think there's going to be any real regulation? in our
1: business at some point? Um, I, I I think of it, our business, sort of like chiropractors. Say whatever you want about them, you know, and what they do. You know, some people believe in them, some people don't. But in, I think it was probably the 70s or so, they organized. And they created standards for themselves. And then they became a quote-unquote legitimate uh, uh, profession you know, because they created these standards, we as, an org, we as an industry will never become looked at as a professional and maybe even a continuum of the medical um, community until we become professionals. And the only way you're going to do that is become standardized in your approach. Uh, and to answer your question, it would take, a lot of work to to get to that point.
0: Is there an appetite, you think, for that, or is it we're really far off of that?
1: I think we're really far off of that because it's too easy to make money. Mm. You know, it, it, because you have the, the ig- ignorance of the general population out there and people are feeding off of that ignorance because I can sell you whatever I have to sell because you don't know the difference, because of that, you're going to have a fight tooth and nail to create any type of standardization or any type of governing body over it. So I sound like I'm really a pro, pro standardization, which I sort of am if it was right. But I guarantee you, if it would go down that road, the people with the biggest money in the biggest pockets. Um would be the ones creating the standards and they would probably be such that, that I wouldn't want to be a part of it.
0: Right. Yeah. I kind of have the same feeling. I, it feels like a very long battle. One that will not happen while I'm in the business. Doesn't feel like, um, so then it's left to future generations and I'm just not sure, but I wanted to go backwards a little bit since you've been, it's, it's awesome to have somebody who's been in so long and I've been on 20 or 30, like what was, what has happened that the public has become so ignorant to that? Was there an inflection point for that? Or is it just the start of how it has been?
1: I don't think, I, I, I mean, you look at where the industry started and became, you know, it, it started from bodybuilding and, in, you know, weightlifting and then, um, then you had the whole uh, using the terms of the day, aerobics um, generation, and then you had um, uh, Cooper, uh, you know, um, talking about the aerobics and thing and how that is. You know, I think what happens is people jump on the latest and greatest fad, and they don't allow science to dictate the path. So, you know, where am I going with this? So you you had the, the aerobic boom, and then, then you realize, well, you know, doing all these high impact things, people are their knees are giving out their feet are giving out and their hips are bad you know maybe it's not so good to do these same movements over and over again you know then you have you know the bodybuilders are a whole different things they started doing drugs like you know crazy and now now you know you have people dying in in at young ages and so on um so all these things affect how the population sees exercise. And then, you know, the the general population, and this is so cliche, but you only know what you know. And and since you only know a little bit, you formulate an opinion on that. So most people don't take the time that you and I have taken out to understand exercise just like um i guarantee you most people really understand exercise probably don't really understand how their car works you know because you only (laughs) know what you know so the general population knows their end of things and they're trying to find an expert or or a professional to help them in the exercise end of things, but because, and this is again, that big circle, because there's no regulations, no, no no guidelines for our industry. Anybody can sell anything and do and call it almost anything they want and put a price tag on it and sell and, 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 um, use great words, you know, and come up with things, you know, new marketing slogans and make it sound good. Now, now you've created, you just perpetuated that ignorance because you're not educating the general population. You're just selling them on what they want and you're not trying to explain to them why what they want maybe isn't going to happen or 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 what they want they have to go through this process to get there you're just saying okay that's what you want we can do that here sign this contract and give me this amount of money every month and i'll be happy
0: it sounds so the like indus- industry you just, just started just, in a weird place you know
1: yeah well it it it, it yeah it's it, you got to look at it too is it's very young our industry is only a few okay. decades old So, you know, if you look at medicine, you know, and, you know, medicine, the idea of medicine was around hundreds and thousands of years before we started saying, you know, maybe we should look at this, you know, and maybe we should make it into something more than some, you know, some guy, you know, carrying around a bag and selling people, you know, snake oil.
0: Yeah, it... It makes it, I think people don't remember, don't think about it that way in a sense of like it's a very, very infantile profession. In a sense, like someone like you being in it that long, you're essentially at the forefront of the beginning of the entire thing. Like, you've seen the genesis of it, you know?
1: yeah. I mean, I was, yeah, yeah, I was very young then, but uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> um, but yeah, I remember, you know, I remember. YMCA's were pretty much the only place you could go to, to work out. Um, and in high school, when I was in high school, it was just starting that people, you know, athletes were lifting weights, you know, um, to get stronger. You know, uh, the idea of basketball players not lifting weights because it would throw off their shot was still, still a thing when I was in, in high school. And, you know, uh, so yeah, I'm, I, 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 have been around it for a while and I've seen, seen a lot of those things change, but, um, you know, I think too much is the same than it, and not enough is different.
0: Yeah. And then you see the rise and the proliferation of the different certifications and, uh, certifying bodies. And now mm-hmm. there's, I mean, there's, there's almost too many to even know. Yeah. There's too many.
1: And, and, honestly most of them aren't worth the paper they're written on right um you know if if someone's really interested in doing what you know coming to me and working with me i don't really care if they have a certification because i'm going to teach them what i need them to know anyway what i need them to have is an open mind and the willingness to learn
0: yeah, it's it was funny. I've talked to people throughout the years in different certifying bodies and it's kinda like, why do you have like five different personal training certifications? Like, what's the point? <laughs> you know, like to say you have five different certifications from five different bodies. It's like it's it's just, you know, it's become a money thing. The certifications are a money grabbing thing. Honestly, they are. I mean, it's yeah. if that's what it feels like to me. That's my opinion, but it feels inauthentic many times. You know, it's, it just does to me. Uh,
1: and then when you see that, you know, this certifying body now, per, now created a new certification because of this new fad that's out there, you know, is it really teaching you what you needed to teach you? Because all it's doing is teaching you that little fad. You know, the real idea is, you know, exercise. If you understand exercise, you understand all the fads, you understand what they're doing or what they're not doing. And you understand, but most people don't understand exercise who are in our industry. So they need to know this new, this new thing. They need to get certified on this new fad thing because they have to be able to, to speak the language. Well, if you really understand exercise, you don't, You already understand that with a little bit of exposure to it because you and I know that exercise is simply an overload and a stimulus placed on your body. It Okay, do you swing a kettlebell to do that? Do you lift a dumbbell to do that? Do you do a bodyweight exercise to do that? Your muscles don't know the difference.
0: So interesting. What would you say to... Somebody coming into our industry in this time in the industry, what would be your advice?
1: Well, first of all, are they, are they, do they want to be a personal trainer? Do they want to see people face to face and and work with people on a regular basis? If that's the case, I would explain to them that we are, we as personal trainers are in a sales job every day, all day long. Uh, we are selling each repetition, each set, each session. If a person's in front of you today, it's because it, you sold them last time and you have to keep that mindset. You have to understand how to talk with people, how to communicate with people and how to sell them on what you're, what you're selling. Um, so learning those skills are more important than, um, the exercise stuff, because the exercise, again, we go back to exercise is simple. If you understand how to communicate, you can learn the the techniques of exercise much easier than you can the communication skills to be able to teach it and to sell it. So I would tell, I, I mean, I I think the best personal trainers I've ever seen are former educators, and former salespeople
0: love it you know it's funny i always i feel a very similar vibe with you about it i always felt the exercise part was the simple part and I always felt like, why do all these conferences focus so much on the exercise part? <laughs> you know, I'm like,
1: because it is simple. Because it's easy to sell. It's easy right. to sell to people like you, and not like you and me, but people yeah. in our industry. Yeah. It's easy to sell that because that's what they like. It's no different than our industry as a whole. You know, you're when uh, when someone comes in to buy a membership or, or to become a client. If you ask them what they want, and you say, "Okay, I'll give you that," it's easy to sell them. But if you give them what they need and not what they want, it's hard to sell. So if you were if you were to run a conference and say, okay, all the personal trainers, there here's this new fad of whatever, TRX or whatever. Here's this new thing. I'm going to teach you how to do this for three days. You'd have people signing up left and right. Or if you put a seminar together and say, I'm going to teach you how to increase your business. From, you know, what, uh, three times, four times, five times, but you're going to have to learn how to market, uh, sell, and learn how to, you know, continue uh, uh, servicing your clients. You're going to have a lot less people signing up for that even though that's the basis of any business, any successful business. I liken it to, um, think of it sort of like the music industry. Um, you know, the punk rockers didn't like the whole idea of making a ton of money because you were selling out. Well, is it a music business? If it's a music business, you have to understand how to run a business. So there's, that's how a lot of personal trainers think, you know, I, I'm not, I don't want to sell out. I want to be, you know, uh, true to who I am, whatever. Well, in my mind, you can be more true to who you are if you can reach more people. And the only way you're going to do that is know how to market yourself and sell yourself and keep people coming back so you can keep teaching them.
0: Awesome. I tell you, Dwayne, I feel like every time I talk to you, I just learn a lot. You know, I just feel like I'm learning from somebody who's like, hey, listen, I've been doing this a long time, but you're also very open-minded too. But you also have very strong, uh, you know, ideas about things, which I love. I, I yeah. don't like waffling. I'm not a waffler. You know, well, <laughs> I don't want to do that. You know?
1: I, I think, you know, I am very open-minded in the fact that I'll listen to everything. I go to I go to conferences that, that do nothing like I do. Because I want to hear what they have to say. I want to understand what they're doing. And, you know, I may even say, okay, yes, I can believe in that. I can pick up that or I can add that to what I'm doing. But I also want to know what others are doing so I can have an educated voice on how, why what we do isn't that and why, you know, others may do that, but I choose not to. If I don't understand what else is out there, I can't. I can't differentiate myself differentiate myself from that because I don't understand that.
0: And again I think it's a, it's a microcosm of society and we often as humans we get in our our niche and we create our systems of belief on things based off of having no real idea of what else is happening going right. on. And we so can't we live, become very narrow. We can't live that way to, in order you to know what's can't live with going
1: blinders on. on. You know, those yeah. blinders are keeping you from being educated on what else is out there.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I always appreciate you giving me some of your time and to have a, a very nuanced conversation. And as I said before, and for the audience listening, uh, and especially if you're in this business, uh, Dwayne is somebody you want to listen to uh, spend some time with and, and the proofs in the pudding in the podcast is one of the top five best. And I produce a ton of podcasts all the time. And uh, so that really struck a chord, I think with, with my audience. And I would, I would imagine this one's going to do the same thing. So thank you for your time, sir.
1: Well, thanks for having me. I, I appreciate it. It's always, uh, always fun to talk with, uh, someone who, uh, has a similar thought process in our industry.
0: Definitely. Well, Dwayne, we will be in touch, and uh, have a good day.
1: All right. Thank you.
0: So let me ask you something. How do you get your news? Because I know you want to stay informed with what's going on here in the world. There's so much going on on a regular basis, and it's something that's been a problem for me personally. And I've been searching and searching and searching, and finally, I found a news source that I think all of my listeners are going to love. It's called The Donut or the dose of news useful today. The founder and CEO Peter Nowak is a good friend of mine and when he turned me on to it, I was just blown away. Finally, a daily news source that delivers succinct and factual news about all the world's occurrences and it's an easy access to finding things that you just wanna get information about. And it also serves up a lot of positive news stories that you won't hear anywhere else. It's your daily reminder that there is good in the world, even if it doesn't feel like it sometimes. So get the donut. Stay informed. It's 100% free. You can unsubscribe anytime. Visit thedonut.co or text donut to 66866 to sign up today.